I'm Julian Brandt and you're listening to Scouted Chance. Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Scouted Says, as you just heard Julian Brandt say. I'm Jack Grimsey along with my co-host Connor Garrett. How's it going, Connor? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Great, great. I mean, we've, we've been talking about doing this project for a while and for us at Scouted, so of course Stephen Ganevis and me, Jack Grimsey, Connor, and... Phil Costa is going to be joining us also a little bit later for episode one, but finally got this up and running, and we're happy you joined us for episode one of Scouted Says. So yeah, a little bit about that that intro clip. I was at Leverkusen last month, and before I interviewed Julian Brandt, got him to to say that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Scouted. If you if you haven't heard of us, we're covering all the young players, really really across the world, mostly European based, of course, but obscure leagues. Really, what do you, what do you think you've you've really noticed about following some of these players since you started writing for Scouted Connor? I think it's just been interesting to look at like a lot of the younger players basically. Like sounds really obvious, but it's true. Like you don't notice like how young some of these players are, and it's been quite kind, of, kind of nice to like realize how exceptional some of these talents that are like really young and doing really brilliant things. So like at the moment, like maybe Christian Pulisic, for example, like. 17 years of age and absolutely tearing it up at the moment um and like being able to put that into the context of old football so like just sort of realizing how good Wayne Rooney was when he was like 17 18 19 um and like yeah like the fact that we're looking at players under the age of 23 and even then like that's still really really young like that's uh it's been quite an interesting thing to realize I think so yeah, that and also just like having this other way of looking at football in the sense of, you know, like trying to work out what this young player is, um, like what their role in the team is, what their specific attributes and talents are. That's uh, an interesting way to approach writing, I think. Uh, so hopefully it'll work for podcasting as well. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's kind of like, it's, I'm not going to say that we necessarily discover these players or or kind of introduce them to our audience, to our followers, but obviously a lot of these people haven't heard of them. And it's interesting that you brought up Rooney because, honestly, Rooney was probably better at that age than he is now, even though he's in what's traditionally considered the peak of his career. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, yeah, he had, it, I think he's just got a completely different sort of skill set to back then. Um, but yeah, like it's really interesting to think like, all of these players have just got their whole career almost in front of them. Um, so it's really sort of, it, I think it will be quite rewarding a couple of years down the line to work out like who we called right, who we called wrong. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, it's almost impossible to pick up on this player that no one's heard of in the modern game because like, you know, everyone has Twitter, everyone follows all of these different teams. Um, yeah. And even yeah. some of these guys on Twitter. Yeah. And it's just, it's just about maybe, highlighting and discussing and yeah that's really fun to do and hopefully like I said um it'll be fun to discuss on the podcast over the coming years months decades yeah yeah and we we are going to talk about some of the players from of course the the first scouted handbook that we did profile some that I think I think we got right obviously it's still too early to tell <laughs> and like you said uh what 23 is the cutoff so if technically if I was a footballer I would be too old for us to even write about and it's just crazy seeing Pulisic, like, he's not even, yeah, he's 18, you know, like, people people are like, oh, yeah, you're just starting your career, and I'm like, I'm ancient compared to these guys I'm writing about. <laughs> yeah, no, like, it makes me feel old sometimes, and I'm obviously still in the age bracket, and actually, uh, you know, 
if anyone wants to do a profile of me for the site, then they're more than welcome. This is going out to the writers, of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, or or feel free to send us an email if you you want to profile Connor Garrett, <laughs> write, about, write about his career, his Twitter, his Twitter um, career. You know, he's uh, he used to have a podcast, but um, what that's non-existent anymore. Yeah, no, it's sort of a uh, you know one of those things. Uh, like uh, we sort of found it more and more difficult to organize. So, but it's nice to be back in the uh, in the game. Yeah, but it, it did give you a back a good background on Borussia Mönchengladbach, though, no? Well, German football in general. Um, right. Yeah, I, I was following uh, Gladbach for the whole time now. Uh, for, back back then. Um, but yeah, it was just a it was just sort of having a light hearted chat about German football. So I think that's what we're sort of going to be doing for a bit today, which is uh, always fun. Yeah, we're going to have um, kind of a more Bundesliga-focused episode, obviously, with me, Connor, and Phil. Really, I think the great thing about Scouted is that we do have so many different contributors, so many people with different areas of expertise, and we're going to be bringing them on throughout the whole series. Obviously, this is just episode one, so we can't have 20 guys come on and talk about all the players. We're just going to try to keep these episodes to around a half hour, so make it easy listening for all of you. Like we said, that's kind of kind of what we do at Scouted, that handbook. And the first time the first time through, one of the players I wrote about was Leroy Sané. And obviously, since that handbook came out last what last February, he's moved on to Manchester City. So that's that's what we're looking for is these players who, obviously, Schalke is a big club, but he's moved on to the Premier League, and that's you know that's the top 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 competition. Even if the quality isn't so good, like we saw yesterday, Liverpool, Man United. If if you watch that, yeah, I mean, I guess for listeners of the podcast, it'll be earlier in the week, um, and yeah, maybe we'll have seen Man City absolutely lighting up in the Champions League in the meantime, um, which might say um, wonders for the the uh, quality of the Premier League. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big money move, and like, it's a big high profile club. But I think someone like Pep Guardiola is only going to be doing good for Sané's career, so. From that perspective, like it was definitely like a a bit of a boon for him in his career, I think. Yeah, and I guess we could we could talk about Pep for a little bit. We did see him use some younger players, but this summer, I think this summer at Bayern after he left, they brought in Renato Sanchez, who I'll be profiling in the second handbook, and now Joshua Kimmich is getting getting a big chance at Bayern, and he what well, he was in the first book as well. Yeah, I mean Kimmich sort of came through. I mean, he's been around for the past few years if you've been like a fan of the lower leagues of German football, but he's sort of come into the Bayern first team in the past year. And yeah, I think someone like Guardiola, despite the fact he was a manager of him for about a year, has had such this such a huge effect because you can this is a player that can now just do so many things, looks comfortable, whatever you ask him to do. And yeah, I'm really impressed with him personally. Um, and I'm sure like pretty much all of you are. So it's all preaching to the choir. Um, but yeah, like... Um, yeah, Guardiola. I think although maybe at Bayern he didn't bring too, through too many young players. Like the last Bayern academy graduate that you can really think of is maybe Alaba, and that was under Van Gaal in like 2010 that he made his debut. Um, like he's definitely going to be good for these players that are young but are also kind of established. So like Leroy Sané is a name that we all knew um, for the past couple of years. And yeah, um, and, I mean they did have they did have Kingsley Coman who came from Juventus and. You know, but like what you're saying about Pep, he didn't maybe he didn't necessarily bring through these promote these young players to the first team. But I think there is going to be a lasting legacy at Bayern that 
that maybe fans weren't appreciating so much at the time when when they were getting sick of Pep at the end of the tenure after after they won out of the Champions League. Oh yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So yeah, like I was saying, did did Sane and unfortunately when I was at Leverkusen I didn't get to talk to Hakan Shahanolu who I'd profiled and I'd actually tried to interview him in, in twenty fifteen at the winter the winter camp that Leverkusen went to in Florida, but didn't get to talk to him then and then he got injured the day before I was supposed to interview him. So that was disappointing. But got a lot of other a lot of other Bundesliga stuff. I know you said you wanted to talk about mines, but also, I, I think we'll get to that in a sec. We'll just we'll just track back. Like you said, Yoshio Kimmich, he was he's been around and he was at Rebel Leipzig before. Yep. Um, yeah, like when when they were in the second tier, I think he was on loan from Stuttgart. If I'm not no, yeah, that's wrong. correct. Yeah, um, and yeah, so it's just sort of like a an em- it's an emblematic of like their policy in sort of bringing through these younger players, like at the moment their their academy's not really produced that many like big players like i think there are a few in their squad um and obviously they've invested a lot of money in it so like over the coming few years there will be quite a lot of players probably coming through that those doors of the academy but you like i was looking at the squad earlier and just the, the amount of young players that are just absolute quality like so many of them that could or have or will be in the uh the scouted handbooks um like I just I just wrote a list of like from between the ages of like nineteen to twenty three you got Oliver Burke, Timo Werner, Nabi Keita, Davi Salka, Yusuf Paulson, uh, Marcel Savitzer, Vili Orban, like these are all really, really good players, um and they're all really young. So Yeah, and we can't we it's like almost a tragedy. We can't stick them all in the handbook. We can we could just do almost like a Rebel Leipzig mini handbook. Yeah. With I all mean, these guys, you know. I wouldn't want to get involved with that, you know. Just, but the players <laughs> themselves um, what uh, if they sent you free energy drinks for life? Would you do it? I don't like Red Bull. It makes, <laughs> like the, the, the smell, the smell of it makes me physically recoil. Um, so um, maybe if they gave me like Coca Cola, like I would have been. Or just cash? Would cash work? Yeah, I think cash is actually better. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like these players are all so interesting to watch. So it has this dichotomy where like I really don't like the idea of Red Bull and their presence in German football with RB Leipzig um, but at the same time like these players are all so interesting to watch and Ralf Hasenhutl and Ralf Rangnick um, have got this really really interesting system um, so yeah it's almost like it's, it's impossible to get around them when it comes to talking about young players at the moment because I feel like they're going to be this huge factory of like development like they're not going to be able to keep these players for long but that's also not really their concept as a club like their concept is bringing through these young players, so that's why they'll invest like a like like twelve million in Burke or in Werner or so, someone like that, um, and then you know that they'll probably be able to sell him on for even more money in a few years because they'll have had those years of experience. And then a club like Bayern or somewhere else in the uh, in the other top leagues um, will obviously come calling because you know, they're really really talented players. Yeah, and they they've invested a lot into their academy. I don't think. They're just using it as a marketing tool for energy drinks. I'm actually writing something about that for a different site of um, how you know playing exciting football is worth more than tradition because my club, Aston Villa, is garbage right now and they've won everything that there is to win. But now, <laughs> play dreadful football and they've won one game in the championship since being relegated. 
you know, I would, like... I would kill to uh, win one game in the championship. So it's uh, <laughs> my perspective. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a difficult debate. Like in terms of like completely on pitch, like obviously being better at playing football is better than having been around for a while. But um, yeah, th- there's also a lot to be said about fan culture and stuff like that. And I don't think, I think like one of the big draws of the German game in particular is just the fact that you've got these absolutely like brilliant fans that like follow the team everywhere and like have these massive like displays in the stadium. Um, like I'm shaking my hands to like show how big the displays are. At the moment you can't <laughs> see that in the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, I think like Leipzig are in some way the antithesis of that and they could sort of damage um, other Bundesliga clubs bringing young players through in the sense that they've got all this money behind them that other clubs don't necessarily have. Uh, so they'd probably be able to get the best of the young players to come through if they're really following through this aggressive youth policy. But at the end of the yeah, like, And you don't want to see those guys end up sitting at the bench, sitting on the bench somewhere when they could be playing at maybe not necessarily a smaller club, but maybe a, a club that's going to finish lower in the table. Yeah, exactly. That Yeah. So, yeah, I think maybe we could transition that and talk a little bit, little bit about Mainz. You're quite familiar with them. Yeah, well, um, I guess you could call me a Mainz fan, so I'm a bit of a... I'm a, I'm a bit biased uh, about how they're doing as a club and like I was almost going to say like that segue is a bit unfair because they're going to come top of the league this season but yeah it's not <laughs> there are going to jump of... like this currently they're in seventh so they're they're doing quite well with with 11 points just six points behind Bayern four points behind Red Bull who are in third or excuse me resin ball sport but <laughs> yeah um and also if you think like that's dealing with Europa League as well like it's a uh, it's a new kettle of fish and there's been quite a lot of turnover in the squad this season. I think most of it really good. Um, I sort of highlighted some of the younger players that I really like. And um, yeah, one of them was really, really impressive last season. That was uh, John Cordoba, came from, um, I think it was Granada in Spain on loan last season. Then has subsequently signed uh, for like six and a half million euros. Um, he is just a big physical striker, but really, really good technically on the ball as well. Um, and just yeah, physically and in term and, and technically, just a really well-rounded player um, who yeah plays as a, a striker and just seems to have every facet of a game that you need. And like, I do think he would be like a player that in the Premier League would be banging like fifteen goals a season in um, for for a good side. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could compare him to another another South American, and that'd be Salomon Rondon. Yeah, I guess so, yeah, like he's really he's really really just good at everything that he does. Um, and yeah, he weighs in with the goal. Plus that physicality, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's one thing that I think really added an extra dimension to Mainz's attack as they were trying to get into the Europa League last season. Um, and yeah, eventually sort of dragged them over the line. But yeah, he's not the only one. Uh, like you highlighted Levinas Tonali, joined from Leverkusen in the, um, in the summer. And for me, like, I forgot that he was so young because like he seems to have been around for ages. Like exactly, exactly. Like I, I was gonna say, I think I've been following him kind of for like three years, and he's twenty now. Yeah, so. <laughs> I remember like opening up a like a message I'd got like from Twitter, set like from like the Mainz account, like saying, "Oh, Ustinali's starting for Germany under twenty ones tonight." I like dropped it. I was like, "What?" Like he's that young, but yeah, like he's he's twenty years old, and yeah, like, it's not the Olympics, right? Well, he's not overage player. <laughs> yeah, like, but you wouldn't reckon, you wouldn't realize that he is like so young because he's just like he, he's slotted into the team as sort of like this right attacking midfielder slash right winger, 
and you wouldn't notice that like this is a completely new club for him it's a slightly different system to what he's been playing at Bremen and Leverkusen over the last few years and also like a, a slightly different role as well um, he's just so natural and like has really linked up well with Yunus Mali who sadly is a bit too old for us to discuss um, <laughs> I think he's just over the threshold turned 24 this year so uh, yeah, um, yeah four, 14 days younger than me and over the threshold. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the other two people I wanted to point out were Jean-Philippe Jabaman, um, this French midfielder slash defensive all-rounder um, who joined from Lons in the summer and um, yeah, uh, followers of French football will know a lot more about this than me, so I'm assuming there'll be someone in the next few weeks that we can ask about him. Um, but since he's been at Mainz, he's just been absolutely brilliant, like making all of the interceptions, being all over the pitch, making really good long-range passes uh, and, yeah, just sort of reading the play in a really good way. And, yeah, it sort, it sort of got to the point where I can't imagine the midfield without him. Like, it looks weird when they play without him and it's been, what, like 11 or 12 games into the season in all competitions. <laughs> all, already a crucial piece of the team. Yep. And who was is, who is the other player? Uh, I had Alexander Hack, uh, who... Sort of, he's not really established so much yet, and he's 23, but he's he's always impressed whenever he's been in the first team. So he's sort of come into it a little bit more in recent weeks um, because a couple of the other defenders have been in poor form, and yeah, he's just looked really, really solid uh, throughout. So I expect to see a lot more of him in the next few months uh, of the season. Um, and yeah, like he he was one of the most impressive players on the pitch when they beat Bayern in March. So keep an eye on him if you're a a fan of German football, like he's one of those ones that sort of went so under the radar that a load of people didn't know him when he got into the uh, the team when he was age twenty two. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a name to look out for. All right, and yeah, I think this is going to be a good time to bring in Phil Costa. So at underscore Phil Costa on Twitter, if you're if you're trying to follow another one of us, how's it going, Phil? Hey, not bad, thanks. Just uh, the usual, you know. <laughs> yeah, just. Uh... Enjoying, enjoying some energy drinks over there, or what? Did, what did you think of that discussion? You have anything to add? <laughs> well, um, I think they're quite. You know, everyone knows the story. They were only founded in two thousand and nine, and it's understandable that you know German football is built on a lot of tradition and and fan values. But I, I think they get a lot of stick uh, for for what they're doing. But at the end of the day, they're a really exciting project, and you know, you can see it already. Um, in such a short amount of time, how how well they've done. I mean, they're unbeaten this this season, and you know, not many other sides can say that. So, I think they've got some good people in charge. They've got a great set of young players, and uh, it's definitely a project to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, you know, if there if there was one way to go about their business, I think they're doing it the right way, building up that academy rather than you know someone who a team that had some money and just did not spend it like they did was kind of Stoke City. You know, you would always see them spending money but signing older players. And at least with RB Leipzig, they're, they're trying to develop some of their own talents. No, yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're always willing to give, you know, different players a chance as well, which, is, which I like as well. So, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on for the, for the rest of the season. Yeah, there was a big piece in the, in the New York Times that um, they had a couple of quotes from Yusuf Poulsen and... They bought him when they were in the fourth division, and it wasn't an easy sell for him. But I guess he was able to see see maybe the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is now they're in the the top league, and I'm I'm sure he's receiving a pot of gold every week. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, no, but he does look he does look brilliant. I mean, he has everything he needs 
to to succeed. I mean, he's he's big. What is he like six four? But he's yeah, really, well, he's well, rapid he's been called, as well. Like, the yeah, so um, I think he just needs a bit of work in front of goal because he can be a bit rash sometimes. But other than that, everything in terms of his you know his physical presence is there. So yeah, exciting player. Yeah, and you don't get linked to like clubs like Gladbach when you're playing in the lower leagues um, for no reason at all. And, yeah, he sort of. I think he rejected them to stay at Leipzig and follow through with the uh, like the concept that he'd been presented by Rangnick all those years ago. And uh, it's obviously paying rewards for him now because they're above him in the table. But um, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's, it's interesting. If they would have maybe struggled a little bit in the lower leagues, would would he have stayed around? Maybe not. But. I think we're going to transition to the Premier League. Uh, Phil, obviously, Arsenal expert. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of these guys I know you wrote in this script you wanted to talk about. I will be in Bellerin. Yes, I, I, will. I will. Hopefully, I mean, look, they are two young players who maybe found their way into the sides through, you know, through an injury or, um, I mean, Iwobi came in when the team really wasn't playing well. So he, his impact has been quite extraordinary. I mean, he may be not, he might not be getting the coverage of, of a Rashford or, you know, maybe to an even extent Iheanacho, but he's just so silky on the ball. I think the players like um, Alexis and Meza Ozil really trust him because his first touch is so assured. I mean, he, he glides across the pitch. He's really inventive, especially on the left-hand side, and which is so crucial because you've got Alexis up front and Walcott on the right, and they're sort of unpredictable and chaotic, which is exciting, but they tend to lose the ball quite a lot. And then when you've got Ozil and Iwobi sort of interchanging between each other, it's just there's such a good balance there. And, you know, he's he's kept his place in the team now since, since March, really. And, you know, he completely deserves it. So... He's been absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and like like you said, Walcott, he's he's in great form right now, but he's very mercurial. And when you have that consistency from a player who's twenty, Alex Iwobi is twenty, and if that's someone that Wenger can trust, you know that's special. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because when he was part of the the youth side that that did really well in the youth league, um, and he, he came up through the academy as well, right? Yeah, he did. He's been at Arsenal since he was nine. But it's funny because he didn't really stand out. Um, I mean, it was Tuba Akpom, it was Serge Gnabry and, you know, Hector Bellerin who were, who were really standing out. But And he was even close to being released twice at age 14 and age 16. So, I mean, he stuck at it. The club kept faith in him to an extent and, you know, he took his chance. And now he's been a crucial player for us. I mean, he, he's still got some bits to learn. Um for example, even at the weekend against Swansea, he left Monreal, Nacho Monreal, a bit too uh, exposed at times on the flank. Um, but other, I mean, other than that, his his touch, his his vision, you know, he's the embodiment of Arsene Wenger at Arsenal, and we're just really pleased to have him. You know, and he's made he's made six league appearances, two assists for him in the Premier League, so yeah, pretty pretty good so far this season, and. The other guy, Hector Bellerin, he's made eight appearances so far. You know, he's he's going to be holding down that that starting job, I think, for a while. Oh well, I hope so. I mean, there's always stories about uh, Guardiola and Barcelona sniffing around, but I think it's different. I think he, he had too much pace for Guardiola. Well, yeah, I think it's different with Bellerin though, because I think he genuinely loves it at Arsenal. You know, um, 
I do think we will need to give him a new deal at some point, um, just to put these rumors to bed. But um, he's contracted through June of 2019. Yeah, but it's on about 25 grand. So yeah, yeah, which which is a lot. But at the end of the day, his these stories put him in a lot of um, you know it gives him leverage uh, towards the club. So I think anyway, he's more than deserving of of a new deal. So. He's just brilliant. I mean, we don't have any real uh, cover for him at right back because nobody knows what the hell has happened to Matthew Debushi. Um, but, I mean, he's just brilliant. Up and down all the time, he's such a threat going forward. And his his defending has improved drastically in the last six months. I mean, he was prone to getting caught out, um, especially at the back post, um, in the air or, you know, with crosses. But he's improved so much and his pace as you saw against Chelsea when he caught up to Pedro um, with that crazy 50 yard sprint you know he's just a, he's such a useful asset and yeah he's part of a back four that looks stronger and stronger by the week so another brilliant young player to have yeah and I mean another player that's a little bit too old but I think Connor's a little familiar with is Granit Xhaka and um, you won't really spend any time on him actually but yeah just you see some of these players you see there in Bundesliga, they move. Arsenal has been a good destination for actually quite a lot of them. So, Oh yeah, we love, we love those. We love the Bundesliga players here. You know, they're all welcome. <laughs> <laughs> please, please send more of them our yeah, way. Best midfielder in the world. Best midfielder in the world, Granit Xhaka. Yeah. Oh, well. Controversial <laughs> opinion. <laughs> no, yeah. Not my actual opinion, but he's going to, like, he's definitely going to be a huge part of that midfield. Oh no, you can already see his... He's putting his impact on the side, although I'm sure he'll have a few more red cards to come in his time in England. So even though the one on Saturday was very harsh, I thought. Yeah, it's almost the price you pay, I think, for having such a talented player in the team. Uh, but yeah, like like uh, Jack said, he's sort of he's over the hill. So um, we can... oh yeah, 24. It's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> way way past it. Way past it. Yeah. Recently. I know this is Tuesday we're recording. I know it said a game yesterday, but I think we're going to publish this on Thursday. But um, the new football manager is out, FM17, and apparently Brexit is going to be <laughs> taken into effect in the, in the game. Oh, well, Brexit means Brexit. What do you expect, guys? Well, there you go. I mean, it's, what I like about football manager is they always try to keep the game as realistic as possible. Um, they're always you know keen to to place in sort of you know, age limits and, and agent stuff and scouting stuff. And I think whether we like it or not, Brexit is going to have a significant impact on English football, um, whether it's, you know, pinching... And, and European football. Yeah, yeah, you know. absolutely. Whether it's, you know, pinching young players from European academies or just signing, you know, regular players. I mean, they don't have to be young players. Um, so, I mean, what what happens there is remain to be seen yet, but it will definitely have an impact on, on the Premier League, that's for sure, and the rest of Europe. So, Yeah, last year, Villa, when they, they were in the Premier League still, they couldn't sign a keeper because of it was a work permit issue. And now, even going down a, a lower league, that's tough. But in FM last year, I had a save with Pescara, and I couldn't sign any um, South American players that weren't European-based. So I was really disappointed not to be able to sign Thiago Maia from, from Santos. Yeah, exactly. Then, yeah, you know, things like that. It's just little, well, little even, things that even makes as, it more interesting. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even as recently as January, 
I mean, the signing got delayed for two weeks because of work permit, you know, issues. So, you know, it's still very much a problem. And Connor, you were telling me you're a pretty keen FM player. Have you signed signed any of the players in the in the handbook? Um, to be honest, like I forget like who's in the handbook. I'm usually like one of these players that people who likes to bring through like regens. So I quite often will stick broadly with the same team and then just sign young good players. So I think that's more in the spirit of the scouted says journey, isn't it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of the youth academies on football manager. And what about you, Phil? You you signing uh, Ianacho? I know you're writing about him in the in the new handbook. Yeah, I, I did actually um, in in the last game. I mean, he's just he's just brilliant. I know it's going to be difficult for him to get some game time over Sergio Aguero, but I mean his his statistics are ridiculous. I mean, he's got five goals and three assists this season in 248 minutes of football, which is like a goal or an assist every 31 minutes. I mean, it's, yeah. he's, you can say what you like about him, but he, he knows where the back of the net is and he's improving quickly under Guardiola. So, you know, Nigeria have lots to look forward to with uh, him and Awobi coming through, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And if, um, if Aguero can't, can't stay healthy, that's, it looks like Kalichi Nacho is becoming a player that Manchester City really can trust. And oh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's really encouraging when you, when you see... 20-year-olds like that breaking through and getting the trust of a manager like Pep Guardiola. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing with Guardiola. I mean, if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough, basically. And he is clearly good enough to to be in this first-team squad with Manchester City. And uh, they've got Gabriel Jesus coming in in January as well, just to uh, put the icing on top of the cake. So they're going to be incredibly strong up front uh, in the near future. That's just, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's certainly exciting to see these guys coming through and just to mention again the, the scudded handbook 2 going to be coming out around january obviously we'll keep plugging it as it's just october but getting excited for that everyone's starting to write their profiles but i think that's going to be the end of scouted says episode one remember you can follow my co-hosts on twitter at underscore phil costa at connor garrett and i'm at jack grimsey so for Scouted Football and for my co-hosts, we are signing off from Scouted Says Episode 1. Thanks for joining us.